Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I am your ever-loving host, Mark Lanning Crew Wheeler, and I have a co-host right now, slash producer, and that is, you know you love him, Matt Yak Chum Trucks. What's going on, man? Good evening. Uh, we got a good show for everybody today. Yeah, and... You know, we're going to be talking about deep water bassing, and this is something that really takes a lot of practice, a lot of understanding of structure, of current, of of a million different things. And tonight's show is going to put you a step ahead, because I truly enjoy fishing for deep water bass, because it reminds me of you know fishing for or for saltwater species. Um, something I've done my whole entire life, and I've just translated that to to um, to bass fishing, and I've been very successful at it um, in the past. So it's going to be a, a ton of fun. We're talking about rods, line, how, you know, the different classifications of line for deep water fishing, and uh, you know, different bait techniques, what you need to look for uh, with or without a fish finder, and uh, stuff like that. It's going to be a really great show. I remember, folks, about the winter doggle. Another uh, winter doggle uh, uh, keyword is going to come up tonight, um, which you're going to want to know, uh, along with more information on that. And uh, a bunch of other stuff. This is going to be great. Um, we've had a great, I mean, I had a great weekend. We had a, a great white shark come into this, in a, uh, to a boat. It was about three-quarters of a mile from us. And... Uh, you know, it's a it's pretty funny listening to the radio <laughs> and uh all you hear on the radio is, Oh my god, oh my, oh my, that's a big fish. That's a that's a really big fish. And oh holy crud. It it you know, it just ate another shark. It just ate another shark. <laughs> that's very, very cool. Um and uh you know, also we have a great uh pig of the week this week. Remember folks, if you wanna Submit your pig of the week. Um, please, please, please go to um, uh, Kayak Fishing Radio. Send us a message. Hey, this is for pig of the week. Or you can email me at landingcrew at yahoo.com. Feel free to email me questions. I'll be more than willing to answer them. Also, um, coming up is the boondoggle. Go to kayakfishingboondoggle.com. And please donate. I know things times are tough. Donations are, are, are a dime a dozen, but uh, as little as ten dollars can can uh, help bring us to our goal of uh, of of the Church of the Boondoggle. Ah, uh, <laughs> is the the running joke that we have uh, with the uh, high high priest or or, or preacher uh, uh, Chip Treehugger Gibson uh, every uh, every Thursday, giving the good word. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, it's going to be a great show, folks. Uh, we have uh, LGB and Tommy Head Jigs in the house, uh, in the chat room. And if you're listening in on the app and you're sitting at home and you want to contribute, please feel free. Call in, 714-816-4727. We also have a great setup for, post, for, for putting out your fishing report. You put a fishing report out there, it's fresh water, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to play your fish report on the radio show, okay? 
I love hearing fish reports. I love hearing about what other people are doing in other climbs and places. And you never know. I might just try to show up at your front door and fish with you one day. But we'll be right back after a quick commercial break with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Hey, man, what you doing, man? I'm just trying to find out about this boondoggle thing, man. Boondoggle? That's not good stuff, man. A friend of mine back in the hood smoked some of that stuff, man. It's not good. He's He was freaking out, man. Nah, man. I'm talking about a kayak fishing boondoggle, man. It's when a bunch of fishermen on kayaks get together to hang out, man. A bunch of kayak fishermen hanging out. Sounds fishy to me, man. How do these guys hook up? Well, I tried to look them up, but they don't have a website yet, man. No website, man. Bummer. Nah, man, but I hear they're trying to raise money to build one, man. Oh, yeah? I'm trying to raise the money, too, man. You want to buy some? <laughs> nah, man. But this kayak fishing boondoggle thing is really a good idea, man. I think we ought to help these guys out, man. All right, man. I'm with you. So where do we go, man? Oh, nah, man. We ain't got to go nowhere, man. Right now, we can help them out by checking out kayakfishingboondoggle.com, man. Okay, man. I can boondoggle on that, man. Don't get stuck in your kayak. Kayak Fishing Radio presents The Low Sodium Show With your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Folks, we're back with more of the Low Sodium Show. And tonight's show is all about deep water bathing. And a little background on on my knowledge of this subject goes way back to me fishing salt water. Um, it's something I do every day for my job. You're fishing the the the, the briny uh, water out there. Um, and one thing that it really comes in handy is a knowledge of of bottom structure, of reading a map, stuff like that, um, and you know being able to do all those, all, you know, reading a map, reading a fish finder are all keys to 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 the puzzle of deep water bassing, um, and and, uh, and for me it all stems off of uh, my knowledge of nautical and maritime and and personal experience, um, saltwater fishing, where you're fishing anywhere from 10 feet to, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hundred feet deep, and having that ability to interpret what, what you're seeing on your fish finder, interpreting what you have on your charts and on your maps is, is really key to finding the fish. Um, so we'll start with a very, very, very basic one, um, and that is, Maps, okay. There are some really good maps out there. Research them. Find a few that you can that you can buy. Um, there's no one can put them up, depending on which lake you're on. Um, 
and you can basically buy a map. I think a little more than twenty bucks. That's what I do. I buy the maps. I like to have the maps in my, in my possession. Um, I actually got them all hanged up in my my garage. It's just easier for me to look at. I can write on them, which is going to come in the candy in a little bit, um, and stuff like that. So, with a the map, there's going to be several different things you're going to want to know. You're going to want to know what all the markings mean. There's going to be a an index, best way to put it, of what, what all the contour lines are, how deep they the contour lines run, which is very important, having those contour lines, okay? Um, other little markings where it'll show – you know, uh, you know, let's say a wreck, a uh, brush pile. The really good ones actually will show, a, you know, a sandy bottom, and then also they'll say like gravel or you know, uh, you know, shell rock. You know, all these different things, you know, which to help you break down the lake. Um, and that's the first thing you need to do is break down the lake, so this way you're not wasting time. <clears throat> Excuse me, my allergies are killing me. Um, so let, let's let's talk about how to break down a, a lake via map. Um, the first thing I do, right off the bat, is I start with the number system. Okay, everything on that that I that I look for, uh, contour change, um, you know, bottom structure, um, you know, rib, you know, creek mouths, channels, you know, all all those little things. You know, if it shows brush piles. You know, if it shows, you know, ch- changes in different, um, you know, gravel to sand to mud, those are all things I like to see. I'll, I will also go in and use Google Maps and look at Google Maps or Bing Maps or any of the satellite images I can find. And, you know, okay, that's that cove. And I see, you know, there's a bunch of docks right there. It's not on the map. I'm going to mark that down. So let's start with the number system, Okay. And it's always a very good example of of breaking it down. Uh, one of my personal favorite uh, lakes is Lake Gaston. It's a great deep water lake. Um, it's got brush piles. It's got, you know, humps. It's got um, old roadways, roadbeds. I mean, it's truly got a bunch of great, great, great structure to fish on offshore. Okay? And having a map is great. So. What what I do is this, is I start looking, okay? I go right down the line, and I look at heavy-duty contour changes. Okay, what I mean by that is you have contour lines running on, on the map. They just make little pen marks usually, okay? When the contour lines are really spaced far apart, okay, that just means a very gradual decline or rise, okay? If I start seeing those contour lines come very close together, Okay, that's showing a ledge. That's showing a very deep drop. Okay, I'm going to mark that down with a point. Okay, if I see an area where it comes off into a point, that gets a point. If I see a secondary point, that's getting a point. Okay, now off that point, let's say, okay, I see a point on there, and it shows on the shallow end, sand. Switch you over to gravel, that gets another point. Okay, if on that point again, there's <clears throat> docks. I'll put a point on there. Okay. I look at the satellite feed and I can see via the satellite, which you can do a lot of times on a really clear lake, you can see, oh, you know, on that on the edge of that, you know, that point, 
there's brush or there's a standing timber. That gets a point there. And I do that around the whole lake, okay? Basically what I'm doing is I'm using a process of elimination to remove the good or, excuse me, to remove the bad areas, areas that most likely won't hold fish. Um, and, you know, really narrow down my choices, okay? Um, things you're looking for out in the middle of a lake, okay, are humps. And that's where you see the contour lines coming down. And all of a sudden, it'll go, you know, you'll see a, a rise in contour lines. Just a bunch of little circles or oblongs or whatever it might be um, coming up in the center of the lake. That gets that gets a huge point. Um, you know, it, it's a great, great, you know, spot to fish. You'll get a lot of action, especially if that is coming, that hump is there, and you can see up on, on the satellite feed or whatever, uh, a creek or river coming down and emptying out really close by, you know, kind of in line with the, um, with the hump, okay? If I see that, then I'm, I'm getting real giddy, and I'm really looking at that satellite feed, and I'm really trying to, to figure out how fast that water is moving off that creek. You will really see a lot of times a lump, you know, that'll be about an eighth to a quarter of a mile away from the river mouth, okay? That river is moving so fast, okay, that you can actually see the water being pushed on the satellite pictures, okay, over to where that hump's at, or it could be a bar or, you know, anything like that. All right, and that's where you can see water kind of moving over top, especially if you can find a picture. Oh, and if you can really find a picture of when, like, a reservoir are really synonymous with this, having real low water, okay, if you can find that, that picture, of when it's really low, Mike, not just in a tent, you can find just hump sticking out in the middle, little new islands all of a sudden that you didn't know before are huge. You know, those get several points. Okay, so I broke everything down. You know, I've got, you know, out of the possible thousands of spots, I now have a hundred, okay, you know, that I can go from. Now this is where I really start to really, you know, break it down. You know, this is where time on the water really comes in handy. And that's, 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 this is where we're getting at, is that having time on the water at this point in time is very important. But if you can't, you're coming in for a tournament the day before, just for the captain's meeting, you haven't had a chance to fish it, this is the best opportunity to call tackle shops around the area, okay? <coughs> just call them. Like, hey, I just wonder what the bite's like on, on gas. And they can tell you it's a dock bite right now. Got your throwing jigs and pigs and, you know, <coughs> excuse me. And bait like that and doing very well. That's a great, you know, that's a great source of information. As well as using the internet. Folks, the internet's here. We're on it right now. We love it. It's a great source of information. You know, to have the ability to jump on, find a website that has, you know, and there's hundreds of state and local staff clubs that have websites with forms on it. And a lot of times you'll find information on those that are really good, as well as old issues of Bassmaster, FLW, 
and other bass fishing magazines are awesome. Uh, you know, that that is truly it. I, I go through old bass masters, old FLW magazines. Uh, I, when I go to yard sales and garage sales, and I see a pack of, you know, old bass catalogs, uh, bass magazines, I buy them. It might be five cents a piece, and I'll take them home, and I'll lay them out, and I'll find articles that I really like. I'll get, I'll rip all the ads out, and I'll find articles and, you know, stuff like that, and I start categorizing. I literally have, this is how much of a freak I am, okay? I found a filing cabinet, one of those five, you know, drawer ones. I had a garage sale for like 50 bucks. It's one door. It doesn't have a lock. I mean, you know, you got to like wrench the one door open. But it's literally got it broken down. Shallow water, dirty water, you know, tips and techniques, da 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 where I've ripped out pages and stuck them in file folders. And I've got files where I can go through, you know, for lakes. I have I have um, several articles about um, Lake Falcon in Texas. I might never fish there, but you know what? I've got the info that I need all the way from, 19, one from like 1978 where they were fishing a falcon with a floating worm, and that was a big hot thing right then and there, okay? Might never do it, but hey, at least I got the info. And that's all things that I'll use to, to really narrow my uh, – it'll really narrow my, my uh, uh, whole perception down and bring it, things in tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. So this way, when I do get on the water, I've got a handful of spots I go to. I go right from there. Uh, so we've got that started. Now let's talk about uh, rods, lines, and, and, the, and the juicy stuff. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show with Mark Lennon-Crew-Wheeler and my producer, Matt Trucks, Matt Chubb, in a few minutes. Be right back, folks. Full Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip, made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. FishingRadio.com. To submit your local fishing report to be aired on Kayak Fishing Radio and the Kayak Fishing Radio iPhone and Android app, please follow these steps. Step 1. Create a Skype account. Step 2. Add Kayak Fishing Radio to your contacts on Skype. Step 3. Call Kayak Fishing Radio and you will hear a recorded greeting. Start recording after the tone. If you do not have a computer or access to one, you may call in via phone at 404-890-5232. That's 404-890-5232. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio. 
want to float it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just want to groove, you know. Do, do, do your thing. But we're that. back, folks. <laughs> um, you know, you know this, this, I love this show. I love talking about deep water fishing because it's such, it's such a um, hard technique for people to learn. But like I said, you're going to go from here and, you know, leaps and bounds. And I do apologize to hear me sniffling. I have the worst allergies right now. I spent all day yesterday offshore, which is absolutely fine. The moment we pulled in, or no, I, I shouldn't even say that, we were maybe five miles offshore, and I started sniffling and coughing. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <sighs> anyway, let's break down uh, rods and line. Um, and actually, let's, let's start, before we even start that, let's talk about baits. Baits that you're going to want to use for deep water. And let me classify deep water. Okay, deep water, uh, for me at least, is anything over 10 feet. Okay, the reason I say 10 feet is that most people can, and I base it off of a crankbait, is most people can run a crankbait up to 10 feet very effectively. It doesn't matter who you are or, or your skill level. You buy the right crankbait, you put it on there, anything within 10 feet of, of the surface, you're going to be able to run it through. Anything over 10 feet is where people are going to really start struggling uh, via improper rod height, uh, improper line, um, uh, an a, a inability to cast distance that you need, stuff like that to really make that bait as effective as it needs to be. Okay, and be truthfully honest with you, uh, bull bay rods. Uh, you hear me talk about them, but they are truly, in my my opinion, the best rod company out there. And trust me, I'm not bashing custom rod builders. Okay, I I there are some great rod builders out there that make an excellent product. But Bull Bay, we're coming out with a crank and stick that we're going to be able to throw baits a country mile. And be able to handle the big bass, you know, snag, and everything else that you're worrying about blowing it up. Um, and I'm very excited about that. And, you know, that we've got this thing going on. Um, but, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the, so anything over 10 feet is what we're, we're really talking about, deep water, okay? There, there's a classification that I use for, for, for bass fishing in deep water. And the first one is 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 forage species. Okay. What you'll see a lot of times is certain lakes have have had much different forage from from lake to lake to lake. They could be right next to each other. They have a completely different forage species. Um, and the first one that everyone knows and loves and that's Shad. Shad's an excellent forage species. It's found all over the South. Um, one thing it's not really found in is the most northern lakes. And that, those lakes are really populated by perch, by bluegill, uh, stuff like that. And that's very important, okay? And the reason for that really comes down to how those species act, okay? If you know, if you watch bluegill, they're not migrators like shad are, okay? They move, but they pretty much stay within a 20-foot radius of, the, of, the, of an area, okay? Shad, on the other hand, those are some pelagic bass uh, buggers right there. Yeah, I almost looked up there. Um, thank you, Claritin, for uh, 
that keep me sane. Um, Shad will move a lot, okay? And they'll be very tight school. Blue Gill will be singular, singular okay? Um, you know, and, 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 you know, depth, stuff like that. And that's all very important to understand. So understanding the forage species in the lake. This is where a time on a lake with a cast net, if it's legal in your state and in your area, are very important, okay? Um, so let's talk about uh, – shoot. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to read my notes. So let's talk about real fast something very, very key in all this, okay? And that's five baits. And we're going to start with five really simple baits that can cover the gambit, okay, from ones we already know that we've talked about before to ones we haven't really talked about but should be in your repertoire, okay? And the first one is a jig, okay? And I'm just saying jig. I'm not talking about football head jigs. I'm not talking about swim jigs. I'm just talking about a jig in general. It can be any jig you want, okay? But having the knowledge behind a swim jig, being able to swim a swim jig is killer. I mean, it's absolutely one of my favorites for bluegill. If there are a lot of bluegill in the lake and I'm fishing deep and there's brush piles, I'm running a bluegill colored swim bait or a swim jig, okay? If I'm fishing an area that has lots of boulders and rocks, and I know there's a ton of crawfish in that lake, so I can see them all over the bank and stuff like that. I'm doing a football head jig. Football head jigs will really, you know, come out of those rocks really, really well. Okay? If I'm dealing with an area that has a lot of mat, a lot of grass, okay, but it's spotty grass. I can see that on my, on my fish finder. Okay? How you'll see that is you'll see the bottom. You'll see, you know, a soft target on the, you know, that comes up three or four feet. And all of a sudden, you'll see that soft target have a big bow in it. That's that cone hitting a hole that's in there, okay? Um, and I'll switch it up to a real light, uh, you know, three-eighth um, quarter, eighth ounce, little bitsy, you know, big, big uh, jig, stuff like that. Something that I can actually lay that jig on top of the grass until it hits a hole, and, you know, pays out line and, and catch the fish like that. Um, so jigs, jigs in general, very, very good. Colors, again, trying to match the hatch, but uh, black and blue, always good. Uh, purple colors are always good for your darker waters. Um, you know, a green pumpkin is always a good one. With a little bit of orange in it, it's always a really hot color. Really matches bluegill, shellcracker, stuff like that. Um, other baits, other colors, white is always a good one. You know, it's always a shad imitator. Um, a chartreuse. Most people don't throw chartreuse jigs, but I really like them as my swim jigs. Um, mesh them with a really good trailer, and uh, you can really do very, very well on them. Um, and then an all-black jig, and I really like using all-black when I'm dealing with really dirty water or low-light conditions. It really comes out real nice. I'll even put a spinning blade uh, on the trailer hook, just add a little bit of, of thump. really gets their attention, really gets them in. Um, and for those of you who know, I'm not a big spinnerbait guy. I don't throw a lot of spinnerbaits. Um, and this is how I kind of get away from running a spinnerbait like that. Um, you know, next bait on, on my list that I really like 
a crankbait. Okay, that's why I, I base all my info off of crankbait. The biggest tip I can give you on crankbait, okay, is if you know you're cranking in 12 foot of water, do not grab a, a crankbait that dives to 12 feet. Grab the crankbait that drives to 14 to 16 feet, okay? reason for that is it's going to die faster. It's going to bounce off the bottom, do the, the, the break-off, you know, the, the, the dig thing. It also will give you a little bit of a buffer, okay? If you crank that over and all of a sudden there's a, a slough, you know, a, a hole, okay, it'll dive into that hole and dive back out, just the same way a bait fish will kind of do okay, are all great, great things to have. Um, now, with that being said, if I'm fishing in an area that has a ton of brush piles in it, I'm going to want to figure out how deep those brush piles are to begin with. Okay, if I'm fishing in, let's say I'm fishing in 20 foot, uh, go 15. I'm fishing in 15, okay, and I've got brush piles. that actually, if I use the brush, brush pile tops as a new bottom, okay, I don't want to run a bait through those brush piles. I just want to kick the top of them. So I'm going to use a 10-foot diving crankbait to kick the top and just come right over the top. So those bass are going to be sitting in that brush pile and that bait's going to run over the top of their heads. And I'm going to throw it three or four times over that same spot. And by, probably by the second or third time, they'll come up and hammer it. It also keeps you from getting them in the brush pile. Yeah, that's also a great tip. So crankbaits, I'm going to add in their lipless cranks. Okay, they're great, absolutely awesome. Um, once you learn how to fish one, you really use them a lot of times. Really, really effective in rock, really effective in grass, uh, really effective when you need a, a bait to really, you know, set out a lot of shock and a lot of lot of water displacement, uh, a lot of sound. Okay. The next one on the list of baits that I use a lot of is Carolina rig. It's really hard to throw a Carolina rig in a kayak. Um, and that's the one thing I hear is I can't throw a three-foot meter Carolina rig. Y'all, you don't need to throw a three-foot Carolina rig, man. A foot and a half is all you need, okay? reason for that is, you know, is the number one tip that I give everyone. Invest in floating plastics and a worm blower. Okay, having both of these is very important. If you can find a floating plastic, you don't need a worm blower. But if you need that worm blower to give it some buoyancy to lift it off the bottom, like a Carolina rig does, okay, you're gonna want it. All a worm blower is just a needle with a with a little puffer on the back. You poke it in the plastic, you give it a little squeeze, add some air to it, makes it buoyant. You have to do it every two or three casts, but it's deadly effective. Okay, it keeps that bait off the bottom. You just pull it real slow and really do very, very well. The next bait on the rig, okay, are worms. Texas rigged anything, worms, crawls, whatever, okay? This is one of, the, one of those baits that I throw a lot of, especially in the summer doldrums like right now where I need to throw you know, big worms and work them slow. Those bass are sitting on the bottom. Those are key little things that really help. Now, the last bait on this whole big mess 
and please check your local uh, laws and, and everything else. It's the Alabama rig or the Caswell umbrella rig. I call it the car, Caswell or per Caswell umbrella rig. There you go. All right. The the the, the CUR, okay, is absolutely deadly on the lakes that have shad. Okay. They are absolutely, or minnows, or golden shiners, or anything anything schooling like that. Being able to use one of them very effectively is awesome, okay? <clears throat> I'm telling you, you take an 8-ounce Tommy head jig and a, a 2-aught, 3-aught hook, and any color you want, throw that on there. Throw, you know, a Slayer swim bait tail on there. Send that bad boy out there. Let it stay. You crank it in. You will catch fish. I can guarantee you that. If you have a lot of small baits, okay, small stuff in the water, uh, you know, I love you, Tommy, but you know, sometimes they're 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 foraging on, you know, inch and a half bait, okay, schooling bait, like like they will sometimes. Being able to use a fly, a deceiver, a clouser, um, bait like that, just put a bunch of them on there, works excellent. Um, but don't count out an umbrella, you know, a uh, uh, a, a castable umbrella rig until you've used one, until you've had the chance to, to enjoy using them. Um, and we'll talk more about rods and techniques and stuff like that uh, after a short break. Um, so hopefully you all are learning something. If you have any questions, please post them on the uh, on the um, thingamajig, the chat room. There we go. Or call in, 714-816-4727. <clears throat> and uh, we'll be more than happy to answer all your questions. Uh, but we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Jackson Kayaks. Can't say enough about their fishing line of kayaks. There is a model for every type of fishing you can think of. Stability at its best. A comfortable, high-low style seat. Get to your local Jackson Kayak dealer and test that paddle your dealer and test paddle a, a Jackson Kayak as soon as possible. Paddle with luxury. Go to jacksonkayak.com to find a dealer near you. All right, folks, we just were talking about, you know, deep water bass, and, and you know, I I mentioned several lures um, and, and, and companies that, that personally sponsor me and the Low Sodium Show, and the one that I was talking about the most was Tommy Head Jigs. And it really becomes evident for deep water fishing how effective a Tommy head jig truly is. From shaky head fishing on the bottom off that ledge, okay, with with a you know with a worm, all oh, gonna eat the worm, they eat a cross. You switch out a cross, those big old tentacle, uh, big old hammer snappers are sticking up in the air. Boom, they're up in the surface. They're chasing bait, ripping off that crawl, throwing on a fluke, and tearing them up. Oh, no, they're hitting the jig on the bottom. That's what my co-boater's doing. Shoot, throw a skirt on there, throw a trailer. Now I'm working the bottom. And that is why Tommy Head Jigs are my jig head of choice when I'm fishing for big money in BASS, SLW, and even small kayak tournaments. Winning is believing. I'm telling you right now, Tommy Head Jigs are winners in my book. So go to TommyHeadJigs.com, check them out. Buy some. Let them know that I sent you. Mark Lennon Kuhler or put in the low, low sodium show. Just let them know, hey, you heard it here. 
buy the best jigs out in the market for all your bass fishing and saltwater needs. Again, go to TommyHeadJigs.com. Take you up a pack. You won't be disappointed. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. Trucks, um, my my Still producer slash co-host. Yeah. Um, hey, I can't see my chat room right now. It's it's just showing me that's a loading thing. Uh, anyone asking any questions right now? Any Comments questions in the concerned? chat room? No, they're just talking about my derailment on my Jackson kayak commercial. <laughs> Excellent. I was going to jump in, but I let, I figured I let someone else take all that glory for once. Um, cool. So again. You know, all the baits, all the things we've talked about come down to what I'm going to say right here. And that is, if you're using the wrong rod, the wrong line, you will have difficulty catching fish. Okay? So let's break down the rods first. Okay? Now, let me take a step back. Let's talk about the line first. That's very important. That's almost more important than the rod is, okay? And notice I haven't said reel. Reels don't really matter at this point. Um, they, they matter, but a very small portion, okay? And I have some guys say, oh, the reel is the most important thing. Uh, tell that dude to go, you know, suck an egg, all right? Because what you need to understand, okay, is that if you fish mono, bass fishing in deep water, okay, for anything right now, you're wrong, okay? This isn't the, 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 the 80s. This isn't the 90s. This isn't the early millennia, okay? You don't need to fish mono anymore, okay? Mono is strictly full of top waters now. And I've got some guys that are going, you know, that's heresy, rah, rah, rah. You know, shut up. You just go, you know, jump off a bridge, okay? There's such better line out there. There's such better um, things out there for you to use going to give you the sensitivity. It's going to give you the, the things that you need to be successful. So let's break down line, okay? Hey, and Mark, the only reason I, I use mono ever anymore is when I don't want to tangle with everything. <laughs> yes. You know, and, that, that, and, that, and that's... But I agree, yeah. Braid is better. Well, not, even, not only just braid. And this is where deep water fishing really translates differently than, than every other, you know, bank fishing or anything else. Braid's great for certain techniques, and we're going to get to that in a second. But the line of choice for me, okay, and a lot of guys, right, you know, fishing deep water is fluorocarbon, okay? If you listen to my show a year and a half ago, hell, a year ago, I would have said I would use fluorocarbon only as a leader. I have gone away from that. Uh, as of recent, fish in deep water. Um, and Gaston and Kerr, or Bugs Island, as many people know it as, fish in Lake Anna, fish in, um, you know, deeper reservoirs, has really gotten me 
into this fluorocarbon and really has, has me testing a lot. And I'm a huge vicious, vicious uh, uh, fluorocarbon guy. I love their stuff. Um, but to be truthfully honest with you, um, Sunline and Maxima make two of the absolute best on the real fluorocarbon, hands down, in my opinion. Um, Vicious is great as well. Seagar, they're the originals, okay? But you'll find Sunline on my deep rods, okay? Deep rods that I use for these techniques, okay? It's where it's going to get confusing. Hope you got your pen and pad and paper, okay? Rods that I use fluorocarbon on, okay? Or, or setups. That's for my crankbaits and lipless cranks, Okay? especially when I'm trying to get deeper, I'm trying to get a few more feet, I use 12-pound fluorocarbon. I don't go any heavier, I don't go any lighter. That's my medium range, okay, if I'm just starting off on a new lake. Now, I can drop that down to 10 if I need to get deeper. I can go all the way up to 20 if I need a little more strength. I'm bouncing more rocks. I'm hitting more, you know, I'm really bouncing off a lot of stuff, and I'm really tearing up the line. I'll bounce it up a little bit, especially if I'm trying to get you know, use a 12-foot diving crankbait and, you know, to run over those those treetops, run over those brush piles. And, you know, I want to get that bait a little bit higher, I'll use a heavier lot. Again, fluorocarbon. Fluorocarbon nowadays, very minimal stretch, absolutely clear, absolutely awesome. The next bait I'm going to use it on, surprisingly, and this is just kind of going off of what I usually do, is I'll use it on my Texas rigs, okay? The reason for that is I'm throwing that Texas rig a mile, right? Having that fluorocarbon, it's easier to pick out the, the, the back latches. And, again, I'm throwing all this on Baycast stuff, okay? I can get those back latches out. I don't really need, you know, um, as much strength um, as, a, as the braid will give me. Plus, it is a straight shot from my rod set to the bait when I have attention in the line, okay, which is very important. As long as you understand that you have 12 pounds, that will break at 12 pounds of pressure, okay? So your hook set really don't have to be a crack lift kind of style. Okay, you don't need to drop the bomb on them. You just need to, a lot of times, just reeling into them and twisting is all you'll need to set the hook. Um, and as you keep that line tight, you'll have the fish every time. Where I use braid on all my jigs. I use braid on all my jigs. That's something I'll never get away from. Okay? Um, unless there's other situations where I'll put fluorocarbon on there, but I use braid on my jig. The other bait that I use, which is kind of contradicting myself, is braid for on my lipless cranks. The reason is, is when I'm running that rip with this crank, especially in grass, I need to have something that's going to rip through the grass and not, you know, break on me. But I'll actually cut through the grass, and that's where braid will come in. The other one that I'll use braid for is the Alabama rig, the, the Castle umbrella rig, okay? It's absolutely key for throwing a Castle umbrella rig. You're putting a lot of weight and a lot of tension on that line. And having really good uh, braid, 
no less than 60 pounds. It sounds insane, but constant casting, okay, constant heavy movement, you're going to want that extra little beef to it, okay? Now, one thing that I do do that I use my house for, and again, I contradict myself again, is I'll put a foot of 20 pound, 20 to 20 pound mono, foot and a half, two feet, on that castle umbrella rig. What that does is it gives me a little bit of shock later, okay? Not changing the depth or anything else. It just gives you a little bit of a bounce, okay? A little bit of a shock giver, okay, on the cast. And also, when um, uh, fish hits it, it gives a little bit of a, of a little more shock. So I do have to use a heavier rod. And that's going to leave me in a rod. We'll start with the, 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 the CUR, the Castle Villa Rig. Alabama rig, as many people know it is. Now, running that system, you're going to want a 7.2 to 7.6 heavy action rod that can handle heavy bait. A swim bait rod is perfect. Full bait rods, the bomb dropper is what I designed it for, to drop bombs on fish. Okay, either by flipping and pitching, my throwing big swim baits or the, uh, the Alabama rig is absolutely perfect for this. It'll launch a, a country mile. It is absolutely awesome. Okay? That's the kind of rod you're looking for. Okay? Something with backbone. Okay? Now, with the many of these rods, the issue, that's the reason I put the mono on there is because they are so heavy. Okay? They don't have a lot of, of give. Okay? But putting that mono on there allows the bass to come in Boom, hit the bait, turn, start to move before I hit them, okay? It's the old crankbait theory. Give them a little time to get it in their maw before you hit, hit them with it. Now we're talking about crankbait. There are, there are rods out there specifically designed for crankbaiting now, okay, that you don't have to use mono on anymore. You can use fluorocarbon. You can use braid. I absolutely love throwing crankbait and lipless crank, Okay. If you're going to be hardcore deep water fishing, I highly suggest you invest in a crankbait rod. G. Lewis makes a great rod. Full bait rods, like I said, we just made, we we just designed an awesome crankbait rod that is truly truly awesome. It, it's it's meant to be thrown with slow carbon and brake. Okay, it's truly a, a great setup. Okay, and I'm not trying to sell bull bay. Trust me. I just believe in the company. I mentioned G. Lomas. They make a great crankbait rod. Trust me, that's what I used for many years. But I've broken a lot of crankbait rods, okay? And a $60 back and forth with them, it's time that I'm not fishing with that rod. I'm not fishing that technique. I'm, you know, it's, it's bad juju. Okay? Uh, Lopez Crank, same thing. You use the crankbait rod for them. Um, now, coming into the worms. Two rods that I use for both the Carolina and for the Texas rig. And it seems kind of contradictory in a sense, the whole thought process behind deep water fishing. And that's usually heavier lines, heavier setups to do, do battle with them. But the first one is it's just your basic worm rod. You know, uh, uh, 12 to 15 rating, pound rating on, on the line. Okay. Uh, fast action tip with a uh, medium, medium heavy. Um, action to it, all right, are all 
where you need to be for Carolina rigs. That's going to help you cast them a mile, all in the 7-2 range. Um, I always like a longer rod, okay? So I'm going to always throw 7-6. I'm not trying to be accurate. I'm just trying to get distance. So a longer rod is going to give you that distance. The reason I'm contradictory in this sense is that I also throw a spinning setup. And you're going, why are you throwing a spinning setup, Mark? When I'm throwing things like shaky heads, when I'm throwing baits that are that are small, when I need to finesse them, when I need a drop shot, and I mention drop shots because it's something I really don't use a lot, on the kayak. You put me on a boat, and I'll drop shot all day long. because so I've got the fish finder. I'm looking straight down. I set it straight down. I have an issue. I find fish finders and kayaks to be a little difficult sometimes, especially on the placement of where I'm seeing. That's the hardest thing to, for, for for me to get people understanding is that when I'm on the front of a bass boat, my transducer is coming straight out of that. It's coming straight out of my, right underneath my feet on the tow motor. So I'm, what I'm seeing on my fish finder is, is, is you know, the same time as as where I'm going right then and there. So I've already got that bait. Let's say I'm fishing in 50 foot. I'm up in, uh, um, you know, upstate New York, fishing the Clear Lakes up there. I drop that bait down to 45 feet. I'm five feet off the bottom. And I'm working that bait. And all of a sudden, boom, I see bait fish at 20 feet. I can crank it up, up to where those fish are, and work that drop shot from there. Oh, they've gone. I didn't get a hit. Ooh, they're on the bottom again. I can drop it straight down. And I'm not... And I'm putting it right on top of their head, okay? I'm not having any loss of time, okay? Now, the reason I say it like this is because what most people don't know is that when you use a through-hole transducer, it's something I didn't realize until I started working on this, this charter boat this year. And, and some of the companies and people will tell you, you know, it's not true. But I see it all the time. And that's when you use a through-hole transducer, okay, you actually are lagging in what you see on the bottom. If that makes any sense. If it's a, 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 a half a second to a second lag of what it's, you know, that, that processor inside that fish finder is trying to interpret from what the pings are, okay, could mean me being completely off the fish. Okay, it could blow me five feet, and I'm in really dirty water, and five feet means no fish, okay? Two feet can mean no fish. I can see one brush pile that's down there that's only five feet around. You know, it's a compass and radius. But I've got to try to hit dead on, and if I'm not getting exactly where, boom, there it is, I drop it down, and I miss it because I'm a second off, and I'm moving Let's say I'm moving at not uh, 1.47 miles an hour, okay? And I'm pushed off that by that second, or I'm just hitting the very edge of it, the back side of it, and those fish on the other side, I'm missing out, okay? If I'm missing that hole in the grass, that's really where it matters. So, and the reason I'm saying this is because there are many kind of companies now that are coming out with, um, scupper uh, ready uh, mounts for the transducers. Um, and I'm going to use Jackson Kayak, for instance. Jackson Kayak teamed up with Ray Marine. I love Ray Marine. I used to be a, you know, and I'm a hardcore Lorance guy, 
but Ray Marine is my new go-to setup. The Dragonfly, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, okay? It's about 600 bucks, give or take, okay? But for my money, that is the system. It's something I trust my life, okay, out on the big boats. And we're talking radar, fish finders, GPS mapping, everything else. Having something as reliable as a Raymarine in a compact size, insane. It's great. And, you know, it only makes sense to, to put it on in a kayak and run with it. Um, yeah, and it's stupid easy to use, okay? No buttons. and Okay, we're getting off topic here. Okay. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were doing a Raymarine commercial for a second. Oh, I know, man. Oh, I, dude, I'm telling you. Well, you are. <laughs> we, we <clears throat> I know. We were out three days ago, and this fog bank moved in. And literally, I, my cockpit that, that I work in, uh, the cockpit, folks, is the area that, that the mate kind of lives in. Okay, it's the back of the boat. And our beam, how wide we are, 16 feet from, 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 end to, from uh, side to side. If I was on the starboard side and I tried to look at the port rods, I could not see them. That's how thick this fog was. If it wasn't for the Raymarine radar, we would have hit several boats, a buoy. Um, it was even picking up float stamps. There was a railroad tie, uh, one of those railroad logs floating, and we literally could see it on the the, the radar. And at the same time, we had it split screen, so we could see the bottom. And this, it brought the fish up to the top because it was really dark. You know, the water just, you know, because there's no sunlight coming through. It was really dark. So all the fish moved to the surface. And we were literally, literally sitting there catching bluefish and Spanish mackerel and stuff like that on top, which is awesome. That was absolutely great. So, you know, that's why I love Raymarine. Plus the simplicity. I mean, literally, you could sit there for five minutes and break down that whole system. And, you know, without you ever needing, you know, everything's labeled. It's just push to talk and, you know, push to do. You touch screen, pop, 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 and you're, you're rocking and rolling. You know, as well as a, a charter captain who's used it for 10 years. And that, yeah, what else is uh, pretty neat about it is it does the, uh, the downscan sonar and the uh, it overlays the uh, the, the uh, DSI. Yeah, yeah, and that's huge because that's, using that both is huge. of them. And, and Lawrence just came out with a new unit um, that's more kayak-friendly size. It's the, the uh, Elite 5 HDI. It'll be out in, um, I believe, September. And actually, um, But that also HDI. does the same type of deal in a compact unit. The chart the plotter. HDI plus. Yeah. It's actually yeah. the old M68CS map that Lawrence used to have. And we're going back four years now. That unit was one that, that brought me on to Lawrence because it was a self-contained unit that had your GPS and it had your fish finder. And it was literally the size of a credit card. The screen, you could take a credit card and cover the screen. It was a real compact unit, very nice. Really did did awesome. I went through, gosh, I, I I think I've got like four or five in the garage, you know, that I've used. But I'm telling you, that Dragonfly system is just, it's just awesome. Uh, and we're talking about more about well, the new HDI. It, it it pairs the uh, the sonar with the the DSI imaging, so you get that structure yeah. scan, and you get that nice sonar, you know, fish finder. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, using you your 2D scan. Right, 
you can get that thermocline. And that's something we're going to talk to you here in a minute uh, or after a break. But spinning setup, okay, when I'm using that light line, 8, 10 pounds with a, you know, lighter jig, shaky head, whatever, key to being truly effective, and especially on the drop shot. But like I was just saying, we got to take a quick break. Word from our sponsors, uh, the Low Setting Show, and myself. And uh, there might be a a pig coming on. I can hear him out in the distance. But first, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back from the Low Sodium Show, only on Kai Fisher Radio. Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle is just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. Check out yakangler.com slash boondoggle for more information. Folks, hard baits have all been the same. That's the beginning of bass fishing. Beginning of fishing in general. They usually look the same as a banana. They all have the same shape. They all do the same thing pretty much. But there is a company out there that has leading the way in bait. And that is Unfair Lures. With the uh, uh, Paul's Dinka Mullet, okay, giving off the same sonic signature as a live mullet, huge. Paul's Dinka Shrimp, it's a shrimp. It literally looks like a shrimp, which is awesome, okay. For that tough fight, put more fish in your cooler. Heck, then just catch more fish. Get the unfair advantage and check out Unfair Lures at your local tax shop. Or if they don't have them, demand them. And go to unfairlures.com. Check out their full line. Pick up a few. And let them know that Mark Lennon, who Wheeler sent you from the Low Sodium Show. You are listening to the Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. You know what time it is. It's time for a little pig of the week. Oh, yeah, pig, pig. Anyway, pig, 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 p
I mean, and this is from New Jersey, where they usually don't get Chiefs head this big. Um, absolutely awesome. Congratulations, Jim, uh, Captain Jim. Uh, for more information, Captain Jim is a U.S. Coast Guard licensed match, 100 gross ton near coastal uh, captain. Okay. Uh, he does vessel deliveries from Maine to Florida, yeah, uh, yacht chartering, boat hailing navigation, and electronics training. He's also the kayak fishing, pro, kayak fishing store pro staff up there in New Jersey. So congratulations, Jim, uh, on an absolute awesome, awesome fish. Now, yeah, I saw the picture of that fish, man. That was a really nice catch. <laughs> I I can't imagine hooking into that thing and it just going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's just awesome. That is absolutely awesome. But, special night. Those piggies of the week. And this next pig goes to a captain um, on a long time coming out of Virginia Beach. On Saturday, I mentioned this earlier in the show. He had a uh, great white shark coming in the spread. Uh, they first identified it as a tiger shark, so they tried to hook it, and they did hook it um, until they, they realized, ooh, this is a great white. We're talking 14 foot long at the mouth of the bay. Um, they fought it for about 45 minutes, and they were able to touch the leader, which considers it a legal caught fish. Congratulations to Captain Dave. On that awesome, awesome catch. All right. Did uh did he tag it and set it free? No, they were the the mate the mate Dave's jeep um, was able to reach up and, and touch the leader. He got got one wrap on it and it, and it started to lunge and it broke the leader. Um, but he was able, to, like I said, you know, because he touched that leader, it's illegal, you know, because classified as a legal catch. Uh, yeah. And the uh, the angler gets a uh, a citation for it, and, nice. and you know, you know, being able to say, "Hey, I caught a great white shark," you know, that that's pretty cool in my in my book. I don't care who you are. Um, but right before we, we on, on took Shark a Week, break, yeah, and they caught it the day before Shark Week, and we were just saying <laughs> that. that's just awesome. Um, but uh, let's see here, I, I, I just got my. Uh, chat them all back up and running again. Good lord. Anyway, right before we left on the break, we were talking about fish finders. And I didn't start with fish finders right off the bat because mainly because they're not really needed. Um, it's a it's an angler's aid. It's a tool that we can use. Uh, and <laughs> they were not dragging a pool. Uh, more backstory on that shark. Um, they actually had that shark come in the slick. They couldn't really identify what it was right off the bat. Um, and they hooked onto an Atlantic shark nose, which are very prevalent, um, really good eating shark. And they were bringing it in, and this great white hammers this, this shark nose, ripped it to shreds, um, came loose, and they immediately were able to grab a frozen um, uh, false albacore, Fat Albert. Took the biggest hook they get they had on the boat, which was, I think, like a 12-out uh, a um, uh, trolling hook. 
you know, threw like three feet of, of wire leader on it on the heaviest rod they had, you know, hooked it up, set it back into the slick, and it wasn't 20 seconds. That fat Albert was hit and took off. Um, you know, just, just an absolutely awesome, awesome fish and, uh, you know, opportunity um, for them to, to do that. And, uh, I, I, you know, you know, the great thing is that when the line broke, it actually broke uh, right above where the swivel was. So that shark's only got, you know, a little piece of wire and a hook in its mouth, which, because it is a must-add hook, uh, it will rust out and, and fall out eventually. Um, no, with all that being said. That is um, after the shark gets tetanus, right? Yeah, of course. It needs to go to the doctor and get a, a tetanus shot. Um, <laughs> but, but fish fibers, okay, they're an aid. You don't necessarily need them. Because, again, I gave you an idea of where, you know, with maps and stuff like that. But where fish finders really come in handy are when fish are relating to schools of fish, okay? Also, when you have a lake with a thermocline. And what a thermocline is, is a break in water, okay? Where it can be colder water with warmer water or vice versa, okay? Separating the lake into two sections. Usually it's warm and then cold water. <clears throat> a lot of times, the lower, deeper water underneath the thermocline will be lack of oxygen. It will also be much colder um, until you hit the very bottom of the lake. And here's where it gets kind of kooky. You can have two or three thermoclines in one section of water reason is, is you have cross current, okay? You've got um, warm water up top, and then you've got colder water coming out of somewhere else, and then warm water underneath that coming out of a uh, spring, let's say, or out of a, uh, a pipe. Maybe there's a, a pipe coming out releasing, you know, water, where you'll have that break in the, in the water. You actually see little lines a little faint line on your fish finder. That's a thermocline. And you'll usually see bait above it or below it or mixed into it. Um, and knowing that will really put a lot more fish in your in your uh, uh, boat. Also interpreting your fish finder. I'm not going to tell you how to interpret that. It takes time on your hand. Go out there, find different bottoms, find different structure, look at it on the fish finder. Realize what you're looking at, what you're seeing. Nowadays, with the new high-definition systems, you will be able to decipher it much faster than the old days. Okay, really a huge help. Um, so techniques for fishing those spots, okay? It, it all comes down to practice and understanding what you're fishing for. But the biggest thing I can recommend, okay, is using right here with the right bait of that area and using all the things we talked about tonight um, uh, and, and you know like I just said you know when you see all the things we said tonight you get to that lake it's going to tell you what it wants what they'll eat within the first hour and make you a much better better fisherman. All right. 
I think we've gone through everything tonight. Uh, and they, uh, oh my, excuse me. Um, so we've gone through some great stuff tonight. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please, please let me know. Um, but my daughter's annoying me. Um, but first, we got something special we got to do. And that is the win a goggle keyword of the week. Okay. Last week, the keyword was fishing. Okay, and I got emails and questions from folks to get your fish on. It's, it's whatever. Hey, fish or fishing, you can use either one. Okay. Um, this week, all right, is kayak. Okay, the word of the week this week is kayak. Yes, thank you. Ta-da! So, it could be kayak fish, just kayak. It could be kayak, like, 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 like fish. You just never know. So what you got to do is tell all your friends. Okay? Tell everyone to go to this page on Facebook. You go, on what page is that, Mark? Oh, it's this page I'm getting to right now. Give me a second, folks. Okay. Right here. Bang. Bang, bang, bang. Face it. There we go. And there. Go to that page. Like it. Love it. Okay? Tell your friends. Invite your friends. But you need to like it. Okay? That is very important. There you go. Thanks you right to it. Click on it. Let you know that you're going. Okay? The rules are pretty simple. All you need to be is listen to the Low Sodium Show via app, via whatever. Okay? You need to be at the boondoggle to win. Now, why do you have to be at the boondoggle to win? Well, it's pretty simple. Because of the prize. We're talking swag from Walker Coolers and Jackson Kayak. Okay? We're talking the ultimate pack of lures from Unfair Lures. We're talking the slonk diggity, awesome sauce approved Tommy Head Jig setup. Then, just to top it all off, because you got the jig, you got the swag, you know what else you need? You need a rod to throw it all and to look good while you're doing it. And bam, full bay rod steps in. Boom. Yeah, that's right. You're going to get an unfair uh, full bay rod. Fully customized. Okay? Now, I'm not done yet, but wait, there's more. I'm going to pay for your campsite and your meal for the next boondoggle. So it's a two-guess. Where's that ta Give me that ta Give me that. Give me that. Yeah, you know what? We'll bring out some old school. Where's it at? Hang on. Uh, we'll just do this one. Yeah. A little whip in the middle. You know, one more. 
there. That is what you're going to win. Again, listen to the show. Put all the words together. Let me know what they are. At the boondoggle, you'll receive a ticket, and that'll be your opportunity to win on Saturday night. Bull Bay Rods, Tackle Packs, everything but the kitchen sink, basically. So, there you go. Everyone got it? Hope you do. If not, well, that if not, you won't win. Winning dog. Kayak fishing radio. Blood sodium show presents the winning dog. That's the winning dog. Winning dog. Winning dog. To win the contest, all you have to do is listen to the Low Sodium Show via live app or podcast for the word of the week. Each show prior to the Blue Dog will reveal a word which will eventually complete a phrase. Once you arrive at Big Blue State Park, Pier Yoki, Florida, for the Blue Dog on October 11, 2013, find the host of the Low Sodium Show, Marvel and Trueville, and the site for if the phrase is correct, you will be entered into the contest and receive a raffle ticket, which will be drawn on Saturday, October 12th, during the Food Dog Dinner. Prizes will include a full A rod, a Tommy Head Jig Super Pack, and Unfair Lures Unfair Pack, swag for Orchid Coolers and Jackson Kayak. And the meal and stay at the next email will be on the house. There you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, (laughs) Uh, How about one more sound bite? One that I personally enjoy. topic and off of everything, but uh, I know there's a lot of this going on. But all that being said, everyone had a great night. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Matt, for uh, helping me out. You're, I love it having you on. It makes my life a lot easier. I'd like to thank everyone that makes this possible and that's you, the listener. And also, we wouldn't have as great many commercials if it wasn't for Jackson Kayak, Orca Coolers, Bull Bay Rods, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tommy of Tommy Head Jig, Paul with Unfair Lures, YakAngler.com. Don't know what Yak Angler is. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out YakAngler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. There you go. Check them out. Could not do this without them. Could not do this without Chip, the Treehugger Gibson, who is the host of the original Kayak Fishing Radio Show every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Monday night is Redfish Chuck. 
Tuesday night for the Double L Show. Of course, every Wednesday night you're with me. Unless, da 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 da, you're not. If you're doing something else, then you listen to the app. And I do appreciate and I thank you for listening. It uh, truly warms my cockles. Um, with all that being said, we're going to have to get back. some Allegra commercials for Mark uh, so he can get uh, his I allergies know, straightened out over there. Oh, it's killing me. I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. But again, <laughs> I thank everyone. Uh, Tim Morris, LGB, Tommy Head Jigs, and all the guests that showed up and all those listening on the radio app. Cannot thank you enough. Please post, uh, send me an email. Let me know what you're doing. Catch a big fish. We catch any fish. Email me anytime at landingcrew at yahoo.com. And uh, you never know. Remember, folks, post your reports up via the reporting thing that we have now. I think that's it. Always remember, folks, take a kid fishing. Always wear your PFD. And get your fish on, man. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Clarice.